0: What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Hello, solar friends, and welcome back to another episode of Great Solar Business. This week, we explore more secrets of how to build a great solar business, and in particular, the topic of golden rules for effective solar sales. Now, it's probably fair to say that many of you have trade backgrounds or at a minimum don't have degrees or or training in sales necessarily. So, how do you build a great, a great solar sales team? How do you arm your salespeople to compete in a brutally competitive environment? Do you need pointy shoes and slick suits to succeed at sales? I often ask myself. (laughs) To answer these questions, I pinned down one of the most respected Australian solar sales gurus that I know. Dean Mannix is recognised as one of Australia's leading sales performance coaches with 30 years of experience and a mix. Of and a unique blend of sales experience, psychology, and motivational theory, designed to help organisations grow their sales. I have to admit, I've seen many of Dean's presentations. They're genuinely electrifying, and every single time I listen to Dean, I learn something. Dean, welcome to Great Solar Business.
1: Very kind, Nigel. Very very kind.
0: You're totally, totally, my, uh, totally justified, Dean. I, I must say, you know, I didn't come from uh, a sales background, and so there's always something for me to learn. Um, I I enjoy selling. I love the the chase of selling, but I don't have the panache that you do. So it's uh, it's a it's a joy to have you on here. Now, listen, to get started, mate, give us a brief history. Explain to me uh, how you got to where you are and uh, how your experience relates to the solar industry. What can you bring for solar companies?
1: Yeah, for sure. As you know, um, for the last almost 25 years, I've been roaming the world over 25 countries with the biggest companies in the world, helping them solve the problem of how to sell more of their um, product, whatever that might be, and deliver amazing customer experiences Um, and do it in a way that keeps their people engaged. And so around about five and a half, six years ago, uh, a good friend got into solar and we started talking about how all the strategies and tips and techniques that i would developed over those years applied to solar, Uh, then ran into supply partners. So Liam over at Supply Partners, I always like to yell out to him and give him a bit of a rap because he got me started on conferences. Those conferences led to a lot of one-on-one engagements with solar companies and and I, I got quite passionate about the solar industry because I really believe in what you're doing, um, and I get frustrated when I see the really quality deliverers, as in the, the, the installers and the retailers um, and the electricians who are committed to delivering absolute quality getting smashed by solar bandits who are pulling the wool over people's eyes and delivering absolute crap and destroying what should be. A great industry, so that's how I got involved, and um, it's been, you know, literally thousands of hours of one-on-ones and reviewing calls and talking about scripts um, over those years, and uh, and that's how it started. And, and these days, I I've been punching out quite a bit of training content. There'll be a lot of social coming through in the next year around this this challenge in the solar market.
0: It is a really challenging market, actually, and i'm going to go straight off script here just to give you a curveball. but you know how different is the solar industry to other industries in the challenges that we face, particularly with you know the the, the sort of crap solar end of the of the market it's extremely different and, and, it,
1: and it's it? extremely different because the barriers to entry are much lower than most people would realize uh-huh. um, it, it blows my mind how easy it is to get in amongst the solar industry given the risks um, and the differences in qualities, and there's a lot of money. There's a lot of margin to be made in the industry, and there's not that many. There's not that many markets where you get that combination. Not that hard to get into, and still a lot of money being made. And that tends to attract the bandits.
0: Interesting. That's something I'd never really thought of before to ask that question. But that's that. It's no wonder it's hard.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think about you think about um, say software sales, right? A lot of margin, but actually really hard to create a high-demand product, really hard to sell it. And so it doesn't attract the bandits. But the other factor is government funding. Look, the yeah. one thing that you and I know over the last 20 years, every time government funding is thrown at something, it attracts a pack of people that um, really don't care that much about the customer and just want to milk the machine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you nailed it in one there. So listen, let's. I know a lot of our a lot of our listeners and and a lot of people in the solar industry have come from a trade background, right? They're, they're typically sparkies, um, or people with those types of trade backgrounds who've sort of um, uh, you've fallen into uh, building their converting their business from you know perhaps just being focused on install to actually being focused more on selling and marketing and trying to build their their little solar world. Can a trade person really get good at selling? And and, and what's the number one key to doing that?
1: Yeah, um, for the answer is absolutely. So so the thing I talk a lot about globally is the most successful salespeople that I've met around the world, the ones that are doing eight-figure salaries, as in commission plus salaries, and I'm, I mean eight figures, not seven figures, are the most boring people that are, that you've ever met. A lot of people think that the most successful salesperson is this really spivvy, uh, high contact, high energy, high communication, roller dollar, you know, and, and it's absolute crap. The bottom line is, is that process beats personality every time when it comes to scaling things up. And so, uh, you know, if you've, if you've learned to trade... And if you've got a mind that's analytical enough to have done that, then you can absolutely learn sales. The only thing I can't teach you in sales is is I can't teach you curiosity and I can't teach you to care enough about other people to go that extra mile and understand them a little bit deeper. But if you've got those two things on board already, everything else can be taught. Absolutely.
0: Beautiful. What a great starting tip. So tell me you've 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 spent a lot i've seen you talk to literally hundreds probably thousands now of of solar people at various different events around the traps what's the what's the most common problem you see in solar businesses in australia
1: um i think it's 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 a lack of skills that cause people to go head to head with the price you know the solar bandit with the cheap price and and when you go head to head on price the only comparison that the Uh, potential customer has is one price over the other Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: what the reason that's such a big challenge is is it's not easy without clearly defined strategies to differentiate one solar solution from another one because the bandit will tell tell the customer look it's a tier one panel for a tier one panel there's no difference just trust me right they'll tell you no need to worry about installation we'll sort that out when we get out there they'll tell you they'll tell you anything they need to and they'll leave with no remorse in relation to what they've delivered on your roof because they know that you're not going to figure it out for probably two to four years. Yep. Um, and so I think the biggest challenge they they face is they get sucked into this price game and that that sucks their energy out of them, that sucks the energy out of them, it sucks the margin out of their business, it takes all the fun out of what should be, you know, a fantastic business and, and um, career. And so this we, they need to develop the ability to go toe-to-toe but change the game so that, They can create someone who's focused, passionate about and educated on quality enough to say, I'm actually scared of your cheap quote. Like there's just too much risk involved in that. And so that's the the challenge I think most face. And it takes a little bit of work, but it's a lot easier than I think most people realise
0: process and getting that story across hey that's something something i see all the time is how do you actually get this story across to people and so yeah. and so, so, so how can i and the other one that I, I just want to ask and there's a few questions before i want to sort of jump into you know a little bit more about the future and and, and preparing for the future but very common scenario is, you know, our market has a very small number of very, very large players and then a long tail of thousands of small companies. Yes. And um, um, is there any way, how, how can you compete if you're a tiny little company competing with these, you know, leviathans who have multi-million dollar budgets? And, and in particular, what sales techniques can be used to, to survive and to compete successfully?
1: Yeah, for sure. Look, you've got to know where you can be. No matter what your business is, you've got to know what your competitive advantage is, and you've got to double down on strategies that link to that competitive advantage. So let me explain. When I'm talking to a tier two bank as one of my clients, like let's talk about a Bank of Queensland, a Suncorp, a Bendigo to a lesser extent, and I'm talking to them about, say, competing with other people who are my clients as well, say a ComBank or an NAB, I always say you are never going to outmarket Combank or NAB. You'll never have a big enough marketing budget. Yep. you'll never have as big a brand. Yep. you'll never be as strong as they are in that space. So don't compete in that space. compete where your strengths are. Where are your strengths? Well, your relationship with your community, uh, the, the fact that you know everybody's name in the marketplace, the fact that people love people who are using you, love small and often as a result of loving small, don't love big. Um, And so how does that translate into the solar world? Well, the smaller players have to double down on their difference. They have to deliver significantly better service experiences, make those experiences personal, build a relationship that goes well beyond installation and generates advocacy, have strategies for staying in touch and staying top of mind with with the happy customers they've got that cause those customers to be more likely to advocate, Uh, double down on Google rankings that, that provide a real level of detail and richness in terms of, Uh, you know, the experience that the customer had. So they've got to compete where they can compete and they've got to let go of trying to compete anywhere else. And here's the biggie. If you try to provide amazing quality of service, an incredible product and the cheapest price, you will go broke. Wow. (laughs) Right? You will go broke. So you've got to double down on where your strength is and it's not in price. And it's not in marketing, you know, massive, we're big and we've got the best. It's all about amazing personal experiences and educating customers to understand the value of and care about the value of quality.
0: Wow. Uh, that, that, that leads me to the next question that I wanted to ask, and it's this perennial issue of similar but slightly different but competing against low price, right? Yes. Um, um, what, what would be the top three things that you would advise people to do to challenge that, you know, 50 cents a watt deal that that splashed all over the TV, um, which, which drives, you know, the, the majority of solar installers insane? How do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the first thing is you've got to make it an emotional purchase. What most solar professionals fail to do is understand that for most people in the markets they want to play in, the purchase of their home and everything to do with that home is emotional and highly emotional. So you've got to connect the purchase of the solar system to the same emotions they have about their house and help them understand that anything cheap and nasty that they attach to that home is something that they have attached cheap and nasty to their identity and who they are and what their friends see. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing they've really got to focus on. And There's just not enough time spent on helping the customer appreciate that this thing's going to become part of their home, something that others see, something that is unavoidably part of of the home and and something they should be emotional about. I think the second thing is, is they need to be able to clearly and easily articulate and help the customer understand the differences. Now, I can tell you what the six differences are between any solar installation, and I can go one, two, three, four, five, six. Wow. And if if you can't, then that's a huge part of the problem because if you can't easily articulate what the differences are, then you're never going to compete with someone who's better on price because the customer will go to the easiest price, the easiest difference to understand, and yep. the easiest difference to understand is always going to be price. Yep, yep. And the third thing is it's not enough to educate someone on what the differences are. You also have to be able to educate them on why they should care and how to quantify the extra value. You see, people have to get emotional enough to do something different to just buy on price, and then they have to be able to rationalise it. Mm-hmm. So there's really three questions that, that you need to be able to answer to sell quality versus cheap in any market. It's what are the differences, why should I care, and how do I justify paying more you answer those three questions as a result of your sales process you'll create a value advocate and ideally create someone who's scared of cheap
0: oh that's what we want that's what we want we want people to be scared of cheap i love oh, that and,
1: and, and oh, look, this is this is the big thing it's it's how do you professionally do that without yeah. rubbish the competitor because that's the yes. last place we want to be playing yeah but yeah. you know I, I i can make you scared of any cheap product if I understand why a quality product's better and what the yeah. differences are. But yeah. if you don't have that information, you, it's always going to come back to price because it's the easiest comparison. See, I really want to make a point here. People who buy on price are not stupid. Yep. People who buy on price are just looking for the easiest thing to compare. And if that's the only thing they're comparing, then you failed to help them understand what the other differences were. It's your failure, not theirs.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Mate, this is absolute gold, um, but we need to take a breather for a sec. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a moment and hear a message from our sponsors.
1: SolarJuice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money, like their panel brands REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longi. Their are inverters, SMA, Fronius and SunGrow, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar
0: business. Couldn't, uh, couldn't have this podcast and couldn't come to air if it wasn't for the great support from the boys at uh, and girls at Solar Juice. Thanks so much for being our sponsors. All right, Dean, um, we've got our breath back. Let's shift our focus um, now because what I really want to do is head to the future, right? I want to build some techniques and and learn from you and share these stories from you about how to help solar businesses prepare for the future. So, number one, what do you think, what do you predict are going to be the biggest changes that we'll see, uh, and 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 how will they impact on selling techniques in the next year or two? You know, the wh- I've seen selling techniques evolve over my thirty years uh, in in the solar industry, and there, there's you know there's new flavors, and you know we're all on social now. And I watched a, a sales video the other day it was it's all about stories. You got to have stories now. What's coming down the pipeline, mate? What's the next thing that you think solar companies are going to need to learn and are going to need to get ready to adapt to?
1: Look, I, I don't the, – the, the customer and the way that human beings make decisions has not and will not change. Yep. Right? And that's really important yep. to understand. That won't change. But the way that we engage them around that process is changing. Solar Juice are a great example. Solar Juice, you know, definitely a company I admire and respect and if you look at the way that they deliver social, the way that they communicate their message across multiple mediums, um, the way that they humanise the personalities inside the business, despite the fact they're a big business, they come across as being very personable, um, what you're going to find is, is the bigger organisations are, are just going to get better and better and better at conveying a really powerful message across a very broad cross-section of um, markets to a lot of people. So they're going to be very hard to uh, ignore if you're in the market for a product. Mm -hmm. And I think what that means is, and they're going to get better better at that, because AI is going to help the market more effectively to the right people. Google's only going to get better at putting them in front of the right audience. Um, their marketing expertise is only going to get better and better because as every single ad, every single post, they learn something new and they get better and better. They're going to be, as they grow, they're going to be hiring specialists for each and every area of communication. And so in terms of getting people into the top of the pipe, that's where things are really changing. And I think what that means for the smaller players is that it becomes even more important that they create highly differentiating stories and make it easy for their customers to share those stories in the network. So little things like they need to um, take a video of themselves talking to the customer out on site about why they're installing something in a certain way and how they hid the conduit and why they didn't take the shortcut and what it would have looked like if they, hadn't take, if they had taken the shortcut. They need to convey stories that really pronounce that difference but also include the, the, the live human customer for credibility. And they need to find ways to do that on the run at a low cost and share effectively into the network that might buy from them as opposed to this mass market that that your story goes to if you try and share it socially. So it's just it's doubling down on the human experience. It's doubling down on the network of the customers you've already served. And it's doubling down on deliberately creating amazing experiences that make it very easy for people to talk, to, talk about you. Um, Love it. You know, that's where they've got to go if, if they want to maintain margins. And and I really believe maintaining margins is super important because um, you have to do it if you're going to sell quality because if you're selling quality, you're never going to sell as much volume. Yep. And so, therefore, to maintain absolute quality, you have to have a much higher conversion rate and a much lower cost of acquisition mm-hmm. in terms of leads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've got to be thinking about, you know, really doubling down on that human experience and amazing, you know, customer experiences that cause people to talk about you and demand use of you.
0: Yep, yep. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said about the fundamentals of, of the way consumers behave. But but answer me this: over over your over your time and and, and with your experience in solar. Um, do you think consumer expectations are going to change over the next year or two? Uh, you know, are uh, uh, are consumers getting the message? Are they getting savvier, or or or, or yeah. um, uh, you know, what are they going to what are going to be asking for in a year or two that 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 solar businesses need to prepare for?
1: You know, I I was um it was really interesting. I was reflecting on this quite deeply about four or five days ago. Um, there was a post from Tindai around recycling of panels mm-hmm. and quite an emotive post around the number of panels that are needing to be recycled, the impact on the environment, um and and the fact that you know somewhere somehow Australia needed to take responsibility for the amount of crap that was allowing to be imported and was going to end up in as landfill and 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 if that story came to me, but then I went, you know what i wonder I wonder how many. Uh, non-solar industry human beings contemplating purchasing a product to save money on the electricity bill that that would impact enough to say i'm going to pay for quality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my reflection was not many Mm -hmm. um you know we we like we like to think that people are would be happy to pay significantly more for products that don't impact the environment for products that are better for the human race for products that Um, aren't made by people that um, are getting paid low wages. But the simple reality is, is that whilst we see stories about that stuff, the majority of products sold doesn't tick those boxes. And so I don't know that it will change that dramatically. And that's why I think actually it is you have to change the expectations yourself as a result of the way that you sell and change those expectations to a much higher expectation of quality installation, fantastic-looking aesthetics, um, high quality equipment, absolute confidence in warranty, et cetera. The way you sell has to create those expectations if you want to compete with cheap.
0: Mm-hmm. Control the expectations.
1: Absolutely. We we <laughs> need to we need to create them through the way that we sell and the way that we educate people. Because if we want to make people make smarter solar decisions, we have to make them smarter about what quality is and what crap is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. No, I got you there. All right, mate. Sadly, we're nearly out of time, but let me let me give you a chance. The last question to wrap it all up. Um, if you, Dean Mannix, uh, and, and God forbid you enter the solar market because you're going to make it hard for everyone else who I love okay. so dearly, but, but if you owned a solar business uh, and you were, you know, uh, building yourself up to get ready for the next year or two, what's the thing you'd be most focused on?
1: I'd be most focused on making sure that my conversion of lead to site visit was um, extremely high. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking to radically differentiate a site visit from myself to anybody else visiting the site or making a phone call and making promises that they could do it over the phone. Mm -hmm. I would uh, develop my personal capability and my people's capability in relation to Uh, building a strong and deep sense of rapport and credibility rapidly on a visit and educating the customer around what to look out for with cheaper providers. Uh, And I would be very, very deliberately figuring out how I could capture moments on every installation through um, phone cameras that uh, enable me to send a consistent stream of information out to the marketplace through my website, through my social that what we're doing is different to what you're going to experience uh, if you choose to buy cheap. Those are the sort of things I'd care about.
0: So You know, a recurring theme through all of this to me is how critical communication is in all of this, right?
1: Yeah, the people skills are really important. And I think, once again, you can systemise and radically improve the human interaction if you can just understand the science behind what a great human interaction is.
0: So does, um, it, does that mean scripts? Is it lit- as literal as that?
1: Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. The bottom line is, is it's, it's like, right. look, going into a sales situation without a script is like going into cooking a cake without a set of instructions.
0: hmm
1: hmm And, yeah, there might be one in ten that can figure it out, but nine out of ten are going to fail miserably, despite the fact they had all the ingredients. So it starts with scripts, but then scripts and structure should then give your people the freedom to be themselves. Mm and know that the way they're interacting and the way they're engaging is increasing the probability of people accepting what they've got to say and decreasing the probability of people resisting
0: magic magic dean um there is something in there for every soul of business to contemplate like i said every time i listen to you um you give me great food for thought I'm, i'm not an intrinsic sales guy um but i do enjoy it and i love the chase and there's always something in it mate thanks so much for joining us today Absolutely, tonight. Good on you. For listeners, uh, I'm sure if you Google Dean Mannix, you will find him. And uh, he's out there and having a great time helping all sorts of business. Oh, we've run out of time. There's my timer. Um, uh, so, friends, that's a wrap. My name is Nigel Morris, and I'm the head of business development at Solar Analytics. I hope you picked up some tips on how to build a great solar business, and look forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality, and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business.